Welcome back to the Taiku Podcast. Chris is with me. Hello. And we have a special guest today. Pax is with us too. Hello, everybody. We're here to do the Reverse Thieves Secret Santa Podcast. Um, it's a regular guest for me, Chris and me, but then Pax had a very special selection, and we were the only place that you talked about. Talked okay, about we, were the, we were the safe space. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I needed a... I, uh, yeah, so I guess I should, I host the, uh, the cockpit, which is a, uh, mecha podcast. And I got zero mecha shows as part of this, which isn't a surprise to me, honestly. You've uh, seen most of them. I mean, I've seen most of the popular stuff, so it's not a thing I would really, um, would expect. So I needed a place to talk about my show and basically said, hey, uh, Corey, can I just talk with you guys? Cause at least this was rel- this is something that you guys care way more about than I do. <laughs> so, <Not wrong>. yeah. <laughs> so here I am. So where are we going to talk about it? If not here, uh, I have no idea. I hadn't thought past that. <laughs> you, you, you didn't, you didn't want to just expose your traditional listener audience to, to, well, to the majesty that you discovered. See the issue there. So this was literally my first choice. So there you go, Corey. Um, so the issue there is on my show, I wouldn't have had anybody to talk about it with. Oh. Whereas um, coming on here, there's other people that I can discuss the show with rather than on my show. It would either just be me talking by myself for 15 minutes or me talking and like Tom sitting there going, uh huh, and not caring for 15 <laughs> minutes. So, you couldn't have like wrangled Casey to watch Love Live. I'm 100% live. sure I could not have wrangled Casey to watch Love Live. <laughs> oh, thanks, so sad. Yeah. Well, uh, we are, I, yeah. I, I, for one, welcome our, our new, our new co host for the, for the day. There we go. Uh, Thank you. Happy to be here. Or something. We did have, you know, three three shows to pick from. Uh, Pax, one of yours was a Love Live. What were your other two? Yeah, so Love Live uh, is what I ended up watching. My other two options were Flowers of Evil and Witchcraft Works. Um, Those are such good shows. So I didn't watch Flowers of Evil because I don't like rotoscoping stuff in general. And if I'm gonna deal, if I'm gonna experience that story, I'm just gonna read the comic. Um. I wasn't really interested in witchcraft works. And basically what that came down to is, well, at least Love Live was by Sunrise. So that's a connection, tenuous at best. (laughs) But, I mean, they've done, like, it's one of their, it's their, like, Moe studio. It's, like, the one, the same studio that did, like, My Hime and shit like that. And, like... But they've done robot stuff through that studio before. Buddy Complex was apparently from that same team. But it's like, all right, whatever. This is the one I'm going to do. And now I can say I've seen it, I guess. I've seen season one. That's it. That's all I was committed to. <laughs> Until next uh, next year. <laughs> next year. Until next year. Yeah. Next Hopefully year. And then, yeah, we, we, need to, we need to spread the word of all of this on the internet so that everybody, like, so no matter who your secret Santa is, somebody will have the good graces to do this to you. Mm, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't complain that loudly. All right. Uh, Chris, what, what did you end up picking and what were your other two shows? Uh, the show that I ended up picking of the three is 
Girls und Panzer, um, because, well, the other two shows, one was Outlaw Star, which I have the DVDs lying around downstairs for God knows how many years, but I just did, wasn't really feeling it, and it's not streaming on Funimation site, so I went, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go with Girls und Panzer, because the third one is actually a show that I, I had watched before, and thank you, whoever recommended the shows to me. I can now update my my anime list to say, yes, I have seen School Rumble. Because <laughs> otherwise, I would totally have picked School Rumble. Because School Rumble is terrific. Um, oh, man. That's one of those titles that I haven't thought about in years. But I really liked it at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I never, I, I only watched the first season, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I have the OVAs and the season two DVDs sitting downstairs. I just never got around to it. Those OVAs um, are weird as fuck. <laughs> So. It's a, it's such a weird title because it's it's something that I feel like just got trapped in its era and never really people like don't realize it exists anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those titles from that period that still gets brought up is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it's cool that someone actually recommended it. Yeah. And, and, and that perfectly explains why I didn't have it marked down as having seen it, because it's definitely not something that I even think about that frequently. That show's got a ton of Gundam references, too. Does it? Yeah, it's loaded with them, actually. It's all about the, the Yankee boyfriend, though. That's what that's what that whole show is about for me. Those delinquents, I tell you. I think it was funny. What right. about you, Tori? Yes, yeah, what Corey. about me? Uh, I picked Serial Experiments Lane to watch. And then my other two shows were Texagen 28 from 2004 and Hikamari Sketch. Man. Like, I like Serial Experiments Lane, but I like those other two way more. Than really? <laughs> yeah. Which is probably how I ended up with something like Love Live, in a weird way, because I fucking love Hiyamari Sketch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I have Hiyamari Sketch downstairs. I, I bought the like first four seasons for like five bucks a piece off of Right Stuff, but never watched them. And I have fucking Serial Experiments Lane, and I only ever watched like seven episodes of that when they first were putting out the DVDs in the early 2000s. So I totally, I wanted to just be like, I want to watch all of Corey's um, Secret Santa <laughs> options. <laughs> this is what I, I would want to do. I mean, I would be really interested in what really both of you thought of the Tetrogen 28. It's really good. Is that like streaming anywhere or? Oh God, no! Okay, I didn't it's it, it was a Genion title. Yeah, so uh, it's like out of print. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. I've always been interested in seeing that because I had I've watched uh, a pretty decent handful of the really really old Gigantor episodes, mm-hmm. um, but I was always way more interested to see because that's a uh, what is his name? Yeah, the it's big guy guy, right? Imagawa. Yeah, the guy who did Giant Robo and G Gundam and Shin Mazinger. So it's the same kind of thing with uh, Tetsujin. And it of his works, it's the one that gets talked about the least. So of those of those kind of works from him, because he's done a lot of stuff that people don't talk about. But of his big like epics, it's the one that people don't really talk about as much. So Hitamari sketch is great. So y'all should both watch that. Is that streaming? I have no idea. I have all of that on DVD. I think it. I think it was at one point. It's a Shaft show, so yeah, and it's um Sentai. So Is it like where super Shafty? 
it has super shafty episodes. Okay. So it has episodes that are just, you know, cute girls kind of at in art school, but then it'll have super shafty episodes mixed in. It does a good job of mixing the two. So I guess all the Higamari sketches are on high dive. Well, there you go. It, high dive, it, it might be some of the free selection on high dive because it's old enough. Okay. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, I have a super random, just so we can, so I can keep rambling about Hitamari sketch, I guess. Um, <laughs> story about Hitamari sketch, tangentially related to Hitamari sketch. Um, once I, at a super dinky local Virginia anime con, um, this was early in Sentai kind of really starting to branch out again. Um, and they had a panel, and it was just what's his name, the the Sentai guy. I can't actually remember his name. Um, kind of doing a, you know, he got up on, he was up there, and he just kind of talked for a while at this panel, and then he starts doing trivia questions uh, to hand out like DVDs that he brought with him, and he asks some really basic trivia question about Hitamari sketch. I think it was literally like, what does Hitamari sketch mean? Which is you know sunshine. Um. And so I answer this question about, you know, the cute girls show, which literally the world, the word sunshine in the title. And I want a copy of High School of the Dead on Blu-ray for doing that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't. What? <laughs> which, mind you, at the time was their biggest title. Oh, it yeah. It probably deal. is still pretty big for them. Yeah. But like, like, why would, why would you, why would you give as a prize to, to the, the random person who apparently knows things about this super frilly, cute girls show animated by Shaft, High School of the Dead? That's not exactly the connection that I would leap to. Like, wow, they would really enjoy the boo bullet scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then sold High School of the Dead on eBay. Oh, good choice. So. I think it was at ASIM. They they were just like giving out high school of the gag t-shirts. Yeah, I mean that title was huge for them for a while. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my uh, Hitamari sketch story. All right. Uh, How I made twenty bucks by going to this cool. panel. Like speaking to our shows, Chris. Let's start with you. Talk about start uh, with me. Girls on Panzer. Girls und Panzer. The only like sort well. of sports related show. <laughs> Yeah, so that was the reason. Um, so the individual who uh, sent me my list of things, um, they very specifically stated, so you guys are a sports anime podcast, and you have occasionally talked about cute girl club shows that are related to sports, but you haven't done Girls in Panzer. Why? So it is totally a sports show. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, <laughs> So Girls in Panzer is based off of a really long-running manga series like there's 18 different manga series that are all like running at the exact same time it looks like according to the wikipedia um page uh the anime came out in the winter or fall season of 2012 and it's directed by sutomu mizushima who most of the people listening to this will know mizushima as being a pretty big name in anime for a lot of people because almost literally after he did Girls in Panzer, he did Genshiken, um, second season, Witchcraft Works, Shirobako, Prison School, and last year's absolutely wonderful, um, <laughs> The Lost Village. 
<clears throat> good set of anime, except for Lost Village. I don't know how good that is. Lost Village is very good, Corey. You be quiet. Well, I never um, saw it. Is why. But yeah, no, like so. This guy, um, he's he's become a really big name amongst anime nerds. Um, some of his older shows include one of my personal favorites, Azazel Son. Um, he did Big Windup, which me and Corey have talked about on the show before. So I, I've known about this this director, and so I was like, well, I know a lot of people love Girls in Panzer. Maybe I'll get around to watching it. And I don't even know if I can accurately tell you what this show is about because the show is about nothing. So <laughs> in some weird dystopian future, the people of Earth live on giant aircraft carriers in the middle of the ocean – and they've built villages and cities on top of the aircraft carriers. The like national sport, I guess, is called tankery, and it is considered the ultimate extracurricular activity for all women to participate in because it, if you are a tankery girl, then you're going to be the best housewife. I don't understand how it works, but these are like literally things that are said in the first episode, and I never quite connected the dots on how tankery and being a very traditional housewife how how they interwove I don't know whatever <laughs> so you have um, the show starts off with the main character who I cannot remember her name because she is a non-entity her name is Miho Nishizumi she just transfers to a new school Orai Girls High School I don't understand how she transferred because that means she literally moved from one airline tanker in one part of the ocean to a different airline tanker. And I don't think the logistics support um, just getting up and randomly moving because you want to change schools when you live on airline tankers. Um, so she goes to this school very specifically because there is no tankery um, class, club, whatever. But all the girls that run the my brain is just dying. The show is bad. All right. It's fucking, this is, this is, this is from the Kaon school of Moe where not a single person has a goddamn personality. They're just archetypes that I guess if you have a fetish for girls with an eye patch, there's a girl with an eye patch. I don't know what her name is. She means absolutely nothing to the story, but there is a girl with an eye patch. There is another girl who has cat ears because why not? Um, she has no name. Um, she has no purpose in the story. But there's a girl there with cat ears, so if that gets your wank off, go ahead. They don't do anything. Um, but thankfully, the, the show is kind of saved by the fact that of the 12 or 13 episodes, 9 or 10 of them is just the tankery matches. There's no time spent with any of the girls in between the matches aside from weird 80s style montages where they take a tank and rebuild it in between the match. Um, the, the whole thing is just from the tankery aspect. So that's where it really is a sports anime. So it's all about these girls trying to strategize how to win the match. Um, it's like if, if anyone has ever played like Risk, or like those types of, of tabletop war games. It's very, it's got the, the approach and the style of one of those games. So, all right, so we're going to flank to the left and the right, move up to this high ground, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so if that's the type of game that you love, 
Um, Girls in Panzer is totally up your alley because it kind of wallows in that. Um, during every single match, you go through the entire national tournament from start to finish. Surprise, surprise. The girls win even though they have absolutely zero experience uh, because it makes you feel good that the, the main cast won even though you don't care about any of them. Um, but the 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 actual matches themselves are really interesting. So you, you watch them and you're like, okay, following them in their strategy because it, it, it's not – it never really feeds – the audience, the rules of the game or what is or what isn't allowed. So you kind of discover these things as the, the cast thinks of them and executes them. Cause they'll just like look at the screen and be like, aha, I know what to do guys. And then you sit there for like five or 10 minutes and you're like, well, what are they doing? Oh, that's what they're doing. That's actually really cool and smart. I like that. Um, that happens a lot. Um, I absolutely, I, I had to really try to turn my logic brain off because one of the things um, about the tankery matches is mind boggling. They, they use live rounds. So these high school girls are in government sanctioned tasks where they are literally shooting live 50 millimeter tank shells and machine guns at other high school girls in Hell a yeah. kerfuffle. Um, <laughs> like people die. No. So that's the funny part. So nobody dies, but every time a tank gets blown up, they're like, are you okay? And it, and it, it'll cut to inside the tank and it, that shit will be on fire with metal sticking out. And like the girls are all wrapped around it, covered in soot and bruises. And they're like, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> So that's why in between each match, there's like the weird 80s montage where they are rebuilding the tank. I swear the the matches were at least six months apart because you cannot completely rebuild a tank from scratch the way that these girls do in a day or two. Um, and the the way that the, the different schools that participate in the national tournament are presented is – it's something, let me tell you. So the, this – the whole – story, the manga, the anime, the audience, all of it is for the military otaku. So this is 2012. We weren't as sensitive to the subject, but what do military otaku, especially Japanese military otaku, love to always have? Nazis. So of all the different teams, you got the really t stereotypical Valley Girl American team, you got the, the Ruskies and you got the Nazis. It turns out the Nazis happen to be the, the main characters old school where her older sister is the greatest tankery and her mom like used to run it or something ridiculous like that. And nobody can even tell you, no, no, they're not Nazis because on the side of their goddamn tanks, they have the Iron Cross. Um, so it's really just mindless I like military things so I'm going to put anything military into it type of storytelling but because you don't care about any of the characters all there all there was for me was the strategy the strategizing during the individual matches there is no emotional connection or anything it was just what can I get out of this sport that is being played and that is actually pretty entertaining so if you're a military otaku and you're cool with, you know, fetishizing all kinds of military craft, you know, 
if someone talking about going from a 50 millimeter tank nozzle to a 60 millimeter gets your rocks off, this is going to be the greatest show of all time for you is absolutely nothing like anything that I personally enjoy or would enjoy. So I, uh, I have no interest in watching the OVA or the movie, despite hearing how great the movie is from friends on Twitter. I am okay. I have seen this show and I am, I am satisfied to let it, it be that. Thank you for the suggestion, but, uh, <laughs> I, do, I do not like K-On. I do not like it, Sam. I am. And so please do not recommend any more Moe shows that are from that school of Moe. Please, no. <laughs> Have either of you seen Girls in Panzer? Did I just make you really upset, Pats? No, I've never seen it. I've never okay. seen it. Honestly, if if you told me that they used live rounds and people were dying all the time in these sports, I'd probably be interested. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird for an anime. Like a Moe Girls anime, people are just dying all over the place. That'd yeah. That'd be really that, interesting, though. It would I think, I think that would have, like, they could have taken something like that and really given the show stakes, like, so that you care, because w- without the characters being actual characters, so there's no investment to, to care about their personal plight, like, the fact that their lives are on the line would be the extra in to, to keep it interesting. Um, but no, you just are baffled by the fact that they're allowing everybody to shoot guns and tanks at tank uh, ammo at people, but nobody dies. So weird. It was super weird. I don't even understand. <laughs> I wonder who suggested your list. I don't know. Yeah, Dana. Dana bought the series for five dollars because it was on a, a sale, and she probably needed like a cart topper or something for the free shipping. So I'll probably see eventually whether it's good for myself. <laughs> there you go. I think I'm more tolerant of the Moe shows than you. I, I'm more tolerant of them now, but like, like I think the way that the the general approach to Moe shows really has changed in the last three or four years. It's my personal belief that Love Live was the uh, the flashpoint that changed how that they tell these types of stories. But this is definitely that later 2000s era style, which I just, I've never been able to get into. Mm-hmm. See, I like K-On, but K-On is like... I liked the first season of K-On, and I felt that was enough K-On. I, I have... Like, it's like it's not like, a, oh, I didn't like season two thing. I didn't watch season two because I, I literally felt like, okay, this was enough of this show for me. <laughs> I have the four original Bandai um, Blu-rays for K-On. Mm. I sat that I got them for really, really cheap, and it was like right before Bandai went out of business, and they spiked up in price. Mm. I sat down, and over the course of a weekend, I got through about nine episodes, and I just stopped. I was like, I am <laughs> fucking done with this. I cannot watch the last three or four episodes. You I just had, had three to stop. Or four episodes left. I did. Such is life. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Mm. Girls and Pants are a flop. A total flop. It's really popular, though, so I'd be curious, like, is it more that military aspect that people really seem to be latching onto? Like, what is it about the show that that has people so excited about it? Because Mizushima, like, everybody's like, 
when are we going to get, you know, Shirabako season two or prison school season two? Me, I'm asking for witchcraft work season two. But Mizushima, he keeps going back to Girls in Panzer. He's done OVAs throughout the years. He's done the movie. They're starting a new movie film series that started this this past year. Like, it's going to be a series of movies. This is the franchise that he keeps going to, that this is the reason why we don't get more of the shows we do want. Um, so there's something there's something about this show that's really hitting it off with a larger section of the populace i mean i would i would guess it's the military fetishism but i don't want to like like you know paint with too broad a brush oh well i should have watched school rumble again should watch Uh, or the the second season can you not watch that yet no i hadn't yeah no i I wanted to watch outlaw star too but that would have meant watching it at home with my dvds when i got trashy exploitation movies to watch at home (laughs) anime is for for lunch at work uh, uh, is Outlast or Crashy and Exploitative? It's got really bad animation, that's all I know. I just remember like, the Katarl Katarl thingy, and I, I did not like the show, so I don't remember anything else. I'm definitely not, like, as big an Outlaw Star fan as a lot of people, like, that got into it at the same time. I think it's okay, but it doesn't, like, excite me in the way that a lot of that other stuff from that era does. Yeah. I think the only reason people remember it is because it was on Toonami. I don't think it, like, actually reaches the levels of, like, like, so, so Cowboy Bebop as its contemporary in a lot of ways. Like, Cowboy Bebop, even if it wasn't on Toonami, but, like, Cowboy Bebop is above just being one of the shows that was on Toonami. Whereas I don't think Outlaw Star is anything more than, like, a nostalgia play because it was on Toonami. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why the, the, my secret Santa suggested it was like, well, you thought Cowboy Bebop was pretty okay, and you love Trigun, so obviously you have to watch Outlaw Star. I mean, it would be the third of those three. Yeah. You know, like as a, as like contemporaries of that era of Toonami. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Girls in Panzer. Don't watch Girls it. Girls in Panzer. There you go. Maybe you'll have to talk to Elliot why he likes it. Yeah. He can convince you. <laughs> Maybe, maybe well, he'll be the he'll be the one. He he'll fly back over for an Otakon one year, and he'll look down upon me from his seven foot five stature, and I will be like, "Let us go back to your hotel and watch the movie." <laughs> Elliot's a good guy. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, Pat, what about Love Live? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I ended up <laughs> watching. Uh, the first season of Love Live for this. Um, as I said at the beginning, I basically just chose it because of the three, at least it has like the sunrise connection. And of the three, it's really the one that I thought I was going to enjoy the most right now, oddly enough. Cause as I've mentioned, as, as we've seen over the course of this, I'm not opposed to like cute girls doing cute things shows. Uh, it's just I don't watch a lot of that kind of stuff. And Love Live, like, okay, so I enjoyed actually a lot of this show. I would not say I loved it. Uh, I had a lot of problems with, like, parts of it. Um, I'm not going to explain Love Live here because I'm going to act under the assumption that the people that listen to this show, including <laughs> the other people on it, know what the deal with Love Live is. 
you know, we, we've had of... how many episodes dedicated just to talking about Love Live? Uh, probably like four or five, <laughs> or if we count the cop animes. Oh yeah. So like, you know, you know, it's a bunch of cute girls who decide to be idols to save their school or whatever. Um, it's like, okay, I've always personally like I. I have a problem on face value of a lot of these idol shows because they work so hard to erase all the actual issues with idols, um, which is a thing that always bothers me about these shows. And it's the same. I have the same issue with idol master. Um, so it's not like a thing that's exclusive to this. Uh, so that's always a thing. That's kind of like a, a difficult, like, thing for me to get over in these shows. Like there, So there's a moment in this one where they all go to Akiba together. So I only watched the first season, so the first 13 episodes. Um, and then the moment where they all go to Akiba together, and there's just goods of all of them in some store that they don't know about, and they're shocked to see them there. And it's like, to them, it's the coolest thing on Earth. And all I'm thinking to myself is, this is the creepiest thing I can imagine happening. Like, just it's just so weird on its face value. Like, at face value, it's creepy and weird. I and that's... That seems very NCAA, where, like, these college athletes are playing for free, and then NCAA is reckoning to go for it. Yeah, more or less, yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's creepy and weird to me. Um, overall, the show, I think, is largely cute and fun. Like, I didn't hate it at all, except for the last two episodes, which I despised. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, um, I think last two, right? Um, you, you don't like the Japanese cold coming down and striking, striking down the, the leader of the group. I, I don't like that. And then I don't like all the drama around, uh, Kotori, um, uh, moving away. Oh yeah. It like that stuff specifically, like, so the rest of the show is largely fluffy and whatever, you know, there's a little bit of drama around, can the club exist? Are they allowed to do whatever? But then these last couple episodes are like, oh, we have to force some real drama in it to have some kind of, like, magnificent finale at the end. And it felt like pulling teeth getting through those last two episodes to me. The the rest of it felt fine, and I actually enjoyed it, enjoyed watching it, more or less. Okay, so before I go on, I'm going to ask you guys, I know Corey's favorite girl is Maki, and I don't know yours, Chris. Ellie, all the way. Okay, cool. So I'm not going to shit on either of them. You have a favorite girl, <laughs> No, not really. Um, Maki, Lark, I'm guessing, gets a lot more in the second season, because she gets very little in this one, uh, as far as, like, being a character, um, which is one of the limitations of at least this being 13 episodes, is it's like they very clearly had to pick and choose the characters they were going to have, like, anything meaningful happen to. So what that, what that results in is it was really, like, the main three, um, Ellie a little bit, and then, what, Haneo a decent amount. And I feel like beyond, like, the rest of them were just archetypes. And I'm assuming that more of their character comes in the second season. But at this point, it's like, oh, it's the the snooty rich girl. It's the, I don't know, whatever you call Nico. And it's uh, <laughs> the creepy. The, the mystery, yeah. Uh, whatever you call Nico. Cue, you know, some random dude with, like, their finger on the meme shit post. And it's just a, a trash can mm. on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
you know, like <laughs> Nozomi, who's largely like just, oh, she's the mystery girl who also happens to be like a molester, which uh, is kind of awful. Um, I liked her in the first half of the show where she's just kind of the girl in the background pulling strings. But then, like, once she's, like, part of the group and is just like, oh, my, the rest of, all that's left of my character now, now that the mystery is gone, is I like to grope people. So it's like, eh, she's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> it's like, I liked Hanayo's art. I liked her. I liked Ren, even though there was very little of her, too. She's the exact same thing. She's just like a, a basic, she's the sporty girl archetype. Mm. It's like, and that's really all you get, at least in this season of her. You get a decent amount of Hanayo, you get a decent amount of the three main girls. And it's like, okay, this is cute, this is funny, I'm having fun overall. Like, I have really, like, my complaints are pretty small for it overall of the show. Like, I hate the CG and the music num- musical numbers. Oh boy, those are... That good. <laughs> oh boy, those, that's some rough stuff, man. <laughs> Uh, interesting random thing. The guy who directed the first Love Alive is the guy who's directing uh, Land of the Lustrous. Um, uh, so, I don't know. Whatever. He's at a CG studio now. Um, but, yeah. So, the CG and the dancing is kind of hard for me to get over. It basically kills those scenes for me every time because it looks so weird. Especially when they intersperse it with the normal animation, uh, with the traditional animation. Um the last two episodes being just overwrought, like, melodrama in just a way that's not interesting. Uh, and then Katori's voice. <laughs> uh, just fine, uh, Katori's voice. Katori's voice. Yeah, I, I just kind of got used to that. <laughs> like, every time she spoke, it's like, holy shit, this is awful. It's so <laughs> shrill in a way that I can't get over. And it's like, I didn't hate her character so much, even though I guess of those three, she's the, of the three main girls, she's kind of the flattest character. And there's actually a whole episode about that fact, that she's kind of a flat (laughs) character. Um, But then she's also got an awful, awful voice. Uh, So, like, that was a thing to get over. I'm pretty sure she's Dylan's favorite, so please shit on her as much as you feel like. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, (laughs) like, that... Like, whatever, the rest is whatever. It's just her voice is so awful. The rest of them, none of the other ones bother me. Like, and that's kind of the thing for a lot of these kind of shows that is the hardest thing to get over sometimes is when there are those girls with those hyper shrill, cutesy voices. They are hard for me to get over. Um, I don't even know what else to say. Like, I was thinking about this last night after I finished it. It's like, it's fine. Like, those those are literally my takeaways on it. I don't. If you ask, if you were gonna ask me if I was gonna keep watching it or watch the second season, it's like, eh. I didn't hate it, but I didn't. It didn't leave me dying for more of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thrilled because I, I really like some of the 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 online takes. You know, I really felt that you would would fall into the the ridiculous quote unquote hate hive people who are just just silly cuz it's 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 not like this god awful show um so i think i'm just stunned and and pleased with with your general positiveness and i i would i would like to to share with you that yeah no that's everything that you said is exactly right um 
I, I won't speak for everybody, but in my general experience and personal experience, um, the, the huge adoration for the series does, did come with the second season. Uh, the first season was very, very fun. You know, just like you were saying, has a couple of issues. You're exactly right. The girls who got shafted on, you know, backstory get made up for in the second season. Yeah, Rin um, has a great episode. Even Nico has like a, not really a redeeming episode, but that was a good episode still. Mm-hmm. Nozomi is a little, is, 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 is given more of a, a motherly role. They tone down the groping a little bit for her. Um, I think she still gropes like once or twice over the course of the 13 episode season. So it's, it's definitely not eliminated, but it's not as noticeable. Um, just everything about the second season was so much, it was so much better. And that's where, you know, I think the, the real obsession for the, the series came from. And so that's awesome that you really had fun with it because that's, what I, I, I fell in love with the first season. Like, I think I keep saying it's episode five where Nico steals, um, like the fries in the, the McDonald's. And then there's the chase around the school. And when they're chasing Nico around the school, there's like this weird surfer rock playing in the background. And it was just the most hilarious thing. Um, cause it is a very silly show. So the last yep. couple of episodes, I agree. I, I like those episodes. I like the drama, but it is very out of place for the way that the series went up to. The 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 drama in the second season, I feel, is much more earned, um, and and then thus a million times more rewarding. Um, so I think you're on your first step, Pat. I think yeah. you should watch the second season. I mean, we'll see. I'm just so Maybe, happy you like, didn't hate it. Yeah, right. Like, I think when it was just doing the goofy comedy stuff, it was doing really well. And I do think, like, for me, for what I was looking for, it largely hit what I was looking for, which was something funny. And that was fine. It's like, okay, it's it's cute and it's funny. I can deal with that. Like, that's why, that's a large part of why I didn't like the, you know, the last couple episodes because the overall melodrama thing kind of clashes with that and kind of kills that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, so when people talk about like, like the quote unquote, like hate hive kind of thing, which is like whatever, ink just goofing off more than it is anything else. Um, so I don't think he actually cares. Uh, it's like, okay. So the stuff that annoyed me more about it was the way it was all over the damn place. And then the shitty mobile game, uh, Whereas, like, okay, the show is completely inoffensive. It, there is nothing. I don't think it. Like, well, actually, it's not completely inoffensive because I find the 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 the, the whitewashing of idol culture to be actually kind of offensive. But that's an issue I have with all of these shows. Um, in in a lot of ways, of what I have seen, um, the show that's nailed that issue the best is what uh, Cinderella Girls. Um, cause I've seen some of that show drunkenly at night. Uh, <laughs> now I'm Crunchyroll, so I can finally watch it. Cause I, I did not watch it when it was on Daisuke. It's got a, like the thing that show does that a lot of them don't is like, 
it's got a it's got a little bit of a cynical edge to it. It's still like Idolmaster in general works to kind of erase a lot of the CD aspects, but it's it has a little more of a cynical edge to it, which mm-hmm. like original Idolmaster didn't have, which I largely watched for the animation, or this did doesn't really have at all. Like in a way that like the way this handles it is almost it's it is like the more it is my biggest issue with it is just the way it handles that the that aspect of it and it just goes back to like just the weirdness of of goods with their faces showing up without them knowing about them that creeps me the hell out uh you know what you know what show that you should watch though pat hmm. wake up girls the animation is terrible the show is is okay but that show actually especially the movie which is the first episode the hour and a half long movie was the basically the pilot like that show full on is like, no, the idol industry is fucked up. Like there's gangsters that are in there, like trying to molest the girls and the manager has to like step in and the girls are like, why are we being forced to do this? And they're like, because this is how you like, it's totally knee deep in that fucked up reality of the idol industry. Um, just too bad. The show itself is just kind of okay with the worst animation. Um, yeah, there are several moments right. where they're just not moving at all. <laughs> so I might check that out, actually, then. Just out of curiosity more than anything. But yeah, this was perfectly fine. I don't, I didn't, I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. So there you go. Uh, like, yay. Yay. It's okay. It's a cartoon. Katori's voice is awful. Love Live Sunshine is turning out so much better than the original season, and there's no horrible shrill voice like like Katori's. Sunshine seen, will fix all of your issues. I, I've seen one episode of Sunshine. Is that um, the Kenny showed? Yeah, it was the first episode of the second season. That is the first. That is the only episode of Sunshine I've seen. That was the first thing Love Live I ever watched. Um, <laughs> Before I watch this, and all I all I could think afterward is, man, it would be great if this show ended with them going all the way to the top and winning the Love Live and all that blah blah blah, and the school shuts down anyway. <laughs> like that would it be really, it, the it, best uh, fucking ending to that show, man. But that's because I'm a horrible, cynical bastard. I mean, it's trending in that direction. Yeah, I didn't want to say it because because the show is still airing, but it really does feel like that's what they're going to do. They've already had a mid-season moment where it's like nothing that we do is changing anything. And they're like, let's keep going anyway. Let us shine. We can shine even though life is terrible and our school is still going to get shut down. Like <laughs> season two is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because like so in regular so, so in regular ass love life is they resolve that issue by halfway through the season like it's like the basic premise of the whole thing is okay so this is just a school in the middle of the city that's seemingly not getting enough students which doesn't make any sense whatever um that they're gonna shut down because I guess it's an all girls school right yeah um Wait, it's not all getting- girls show men don't exist. In the yeah. Love Live world, they've all been extinct for about a century. Except for a couple of guys. Okay. Um, so, like, okay, so that makes sense. What I've seen of Sunshine is it's a school in the middle of effing nowhere that has zero practical, like, there's no reason that you would send your kids to this school anymore because it's so far out of everything. And all I'm saying is, man, 
Give me that cynical ass ending. Give me that. It'd be great as hell. I'm not going to watch the show, but it would be great as hell if they did that. I'll let you know so that you can watch it because yeah, yeah. it is great. Secret Santa oh, for you. Oh, I'll know. Yeah. I'll know because I know Kenny will be really sad if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm done talking about Love Life. All right. Well, how do you get it? Do you like, like idol songs or do you like these songs? Yeah, they're okay. okay. I mean, none of them like. I didn't hate any of them. I don't, like, remember the names of any of them or anything either, though. I wouldn't really put them on my iPhone to listen to. Well, I only remember Let me the show songs. you my iPhone. I only remember the songs because I play the games. Mm, yeah. But, like, I don't remember a lot of the Sunshine songs. Have you heard the heavy metal Hanayo Fug song? Oh. No. Oh, I'm going to link that to you then, because that's I incredible. Know, I, I know the Flintstones song. What's that one? What's the snow one? Oh, snow halation. Yeah. No. So this one, they, they, they did, they did an album. I mean, it was a side album. It was Nico, Reen, and Hanayo. Um, and so the three of them on this ridiculous album did a metal song, and it is like the greatest thing of all time. I play the shit out of it on uh, on the mobile game. Uh, where is Skype? There is Skype. Where is chat? There is chat. Boom. boom. Cool. There you go, Pat. I'll listen to that, then. All right. Well, That's not even the best metal song that they have, either. <laughs> there's, there's another one that I think is way better. Like, actual quality-wise is a better metal song. This one's just fun and ridiculous, because it's about Robin. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, that was Love Live. That was more of excess than Girls on Panzer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seems like it. I think if you were to have people place a bet on whether they thought Chris was going to like Girls in Panzer or I was going <laughs> to like Fly, everyone would have lost that bet. Someone would have lost their shirt. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even Ink on the podcast was like, I don't actually hate Love Live. It did some good things, I guess. Yeah, we broke him down when we had him on. You know, he still tried to put up the good front, but we broke him down. We even know what his best girl is, but we swore to secrecy. Uh, Ink, it's probably Nozomi. Sworn to secrecy. Sorry, cannot confirm nor deny. You'll have to ask him yourself. I will. All right. That would be my bet, though. So I watched Serial Experiments Lane, a show from the 90s. That, uh... Oh, yes, that show from the 90s. Yep. <laughs> There's only one of them, or a few of them. <laughs> it was a short decade. Yeah. I mean, man. It wasn't. Though I think, in a lot of ways, if you ask for a show that is defined by the '90s, it would be that one. Yeah, uh, from what I hear, is in the upper echelon of '90s shows with like Utada and Cowboy Bebop and stuff. Um, the animation is kind of garbage. Uh, this was one of the like very very first Super Digipaint shows, if I remember right. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I thought so too. Uh, it's a really early Digipaint. I would explain it probably. Like, I, I remember when Funimation was doing this on Blu-ray, like, a lot of people, like, I think Justin Savakis was even like, how? Fucking how? <laughs> well, I have that Blu-ray, and that's how I, I watch this. Uh, I digress. I can tell you, I can see all of the off-model character designs on the Blu-ray very well. Uh, so this is a show about this kid named Lane who gets this fancy computer, and they're talking about The Wired, which is the internet. And how this, like, affects their 
daily lives, and she gets just, like, more and more into this, getting a ridiculous computer and sticking several hundred feet of wires outside of her window to keep her ridiculous computer cool and running and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about existentialism in the show, and also uh, identity between, like, your real-life identity and your internet identity. Um, from all indications, I've heard that this show predicted a lot of things correctly about the way inter- the internet would grow up, and I think it, it does. Um, and I, I really like the show. Um, it took a, a little while for me to realize why everyone liked it, because it's kind of a, a slow start. It took like four or five episodes for me to really get into it. Um, so yeah. Did y'all watch the show before? Okay. I mean, you said you gig, right? Yeah, like how? When did it air? Like ninety six or ninety eight or something? Uh, ninety eight, summer of ninety eight. I mean, so it's been probably ten years since I've seen it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's good. I remember a lot. I it's a show like from being in fandom back then. I remember it really resonating with a lot of people at the time. Uh, it was really interesting. I mean. But I haven't revisited it in, yeah, that long. And haven't really felt the urge to either, is the other thing. I don't know about you, Chris. I, I watched like the first six or seven episodes way, way, way back. Um, I got the original Pioneer DVDs. Um, but I never finished watching it and I, I could not tell you why I didn't finish watching it. It definitely wasn't because I didn't enjoy it. It's definitely, Mm. um, was definitely a show that I was really, really liking. That was, you know, 16 years ago at this point. So I really am curious to to revisit it myself uh, to see how it stands out. Uh, one of the few things that I remember very clearly was when the American version of the Japanese horror film Pulse came out. Basically, they fucked with that movie so much that it became a ripoff of Serial Experiments Lane. That's like the one thing that sticks out in my brain um, <laughs> <laughs> about it. Um, so, I, yeah, I can't really speak too much to it. I wanted to rewatch it um, so that I could talk about it with Corey here, but I didn't get around to that. I think it's worth noting, like, that it was uh, written by Chucky J. Konaka, the guy who did um, Big O. Oh. I never watched um, that. Uh, the Big O, what else was he involved in? Um, the original Birdie the Mighty, Bubblegum Crisis 2040. Let's the see. Digimon Tamers was him. Sure, uh, actually, um, that's the third season. The one uh, like the cards and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, it was directed by the same guy that directed the original Kino's Journey yeah. uh, TV series. And then they work together again on Ghost Hound. Um, and then, yeah, it has um, uh, character so, designs by Yoshitoshi Abe. Yeah. There we go. That So I was sitting here. I was like, wasn't somebody involved with this series, the guy who did the Weird Angel show that was really good that I also never finished watching, that I can't yeah. remember what it was called? That's a – that's a – what is it? Um – uh, what is it, Haibane Runme? Yeah. Yes, Haibane Runme. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was sitting here, like, trying to scour the Wikipedia page, because I was like, I know somebody was involved with the Angel <laughs> show, but, oh my god, nothing is clicking in my brain. Yeah. 
So did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really liked the show. Uh, fell asleep a couple times. I think that was just because I was really tired when I was watching it, rather than the show's quality. I can see that happening with that show, though. Yeah, it's really talky. Uh, I watched the dub for a couple episodes, and then I'm like, uh, this isn't that great of a dub, but it's not, like, hindering my experience. I can switch over to the sub just to... Just for a better watching experience, I guess. Yeah, force you to pay more attention to it, at least. Yeah, that can work. <laughs> yeah, when you're sleepy, man, nothing, nothing can, yeah. nothing can keep you down. Yeah, but you know, I did, I did really enjoy the show. Uh, I, I enjoyed the elements that were, or I most enjoyed the elements that were dealing with, you know, Lane, uh, wondering which, which of her is the real her. And then, like, interacting with her friends that are sort of seeing this weirdness appear in her real life as opposed to her virtual life. And then, like, I don't know what's up with this club that's just allowing junior high school kids to walk in and chill out in this club, but that was kind of weird, too. And, yeah. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. hanging out microchips like they're drugs. <laughs> this is a weird show. It is. Technology was going to kill us all, and, yeah, nope, it did. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so did it feel like it was, like, up to your expectation? Because I know that this is super highly lauded, uh, maybe not so much among sci-fi anime fans, but the, uh, what is what is the word? Oh, my God, my brain is so dead today. Uh, Blade Runner, what, the cyber, what is Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk, yeah, um, it's it's really big in that community. Did, did it feel like like something really reaching out and making a statement, or was it just a, a good show for you? Uh, no, I think it was saying something um, about like internet culture and how we uh, well before this internet culture existed, how we present ourselves on the internet compared to how we present ourselves in real life. Um, I think it lived up to any expectations that I had just because I didn't know how highly lauded it was until I started reading some of the reception on Wikipedia and Anon or whatever. Um, you know, I didn't know that this was like considered one of the best shows of the 90s, but sure, I'll put it up there with all the shows of the 90s that I've seen. <laughs> cool, cool. I definitely, I, I, I have the Blu-rays too, so... Like, this is how bad I am with life. Like, I have the, the Pioneer DVDs. I never finished watching it. A decade passed, and then Funimation released the Blu-rays, so I picked those up, and another decade has passed. Um, <laughs> I really need to just stop stop buying things. Yeah. And Funimation released, like, a fancy package with this, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I have is the super fancy packaging. I actually took... It, it, the packaging is so fancy. I think I t I took the Pioneer DVDs and just shoved them in there, <laughs> so I have all of it in one box. Wow. I didn't get the fancy package because I didn't know how much I liked the show. My main reason. That was for good. Do, do you feel like do you feel like you sh you would have been uh, happier with another choice, or like this was the perfect of those three choices for you? Uh, I might have liked Tomorrow Sketch more based on what Pat said, but. Uh, the main reason for watching Pat this. Pat says the schoolgirls are good. The schoolgirls are good. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. The main reason for watching <laughs> this is just like I had it on Blu-ray and I didn't have the other two on disc. Totally fair. Which just happened the last couple of years. Like uh, a couple of years ago, I watched uh, Hyoka before that was licensed, so I, I didn't count it. But 
last year I think was Penguin Grum. Or, no, two years ago was Penguin Grum, and last year was uh, uh, that one weird show with the animation. No. You said Techno the show? The, the no, I was uh, Count of Monte Cristo. That was it. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of what it was and technolize was popped in my head. I was like, no, no, that was one of my choices last year that I wanted to watch, but the Funimation streaming was all dicked up. Yeah. And it also shares a bunch of staff with Serial Experiments Lane. Yeah. Hey, nice there way to know. tie it back in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. trying to watch like the one thing that people suggest to me that I haven't had on my shelf. And if I don't, then I'll just figure it out later. Yeah, I mean, if you already own it, that makes sense. That's a good reason. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and fester. So, Pax, uh, I got to ask, do you, did you make my list, or did someone else make my list, and it just happened to be a lot of stuff that you liked? Uh, somebody else made your list. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have put Lane on a list. No, really? Not that I don't like it or anything. It's just I, it's not a show I've thought about much in ten years, so. <laughs> but you would totally put Texgen in. Hitamari uh, sketch on a list. For you, I would definitely put Hitamari sketch on a list. I don't know if I would have put Tetsujin, though I do think it would be really interesting to see your response to it. Again, both of you, I think it would be interesting to hear your response to it. Totally. Hopefully, Discotech will will rescue that one. Yeah, that's one I got like on like I got the singles of during like a fire sale of Genion titles or something. <laughs> they had a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I personally would hope that, that Pat, in your, in your heart and soul, that you would take the time to watch your other two choices, because those are really good choices. You had a very pro- powerful list. I probably won't watch uh, Flowers of Evil. But that's, um, like, one of the best shows ever. Like, if I was, I'd probably pick up the, uh, the omnibuses from Vertical of that <sighs> and just read it. All right. Um, so, so the the anime is way better than the. So the, it only covers the first two and a half, three ish volumes of the manga, mm. and it it elevates that material so much. But don't get the omnibuses. Get the get the old editions. I went to the b- bookstore to see if I wanted to rebuy it with the omnibuses. That is some cheap ass shit. Like Ed is no longer at the company, and now the fucking mice are out to play. Like mm. that fucking book made me gross like i just put it down i was like fuck that damn i might check out witchcraft works at some point but i make no promises just because i i so barely watch much anime these days and i've got all these like 50 episode robot shows from the 80s and 90s i have to watch so you can read the witchcraft works manga that's right also put out by vertical volume 10 finally coming out that's too many for me to buy. <laughs> so, you can it it over, is on uh, sale on Right Stuff right now. You can get all of it for like 40 bucks. Eh. Or you could do it on oh. uh, uh, Kindle or whatever other app you prefer. Eh. Maybe if they have it at the library. I hope they have it at the library. Because that would be a good library. <laughs> It'll be a good library. I'd be skeptical of the library around here having it, though. Well, are either of you going to go watch any of your other shows? I still have the DVDs for Outlaw Star, so, you know, I'm totally going to plan on watching them at some point in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to rebuy – I'm not going to buy the Funimation Blu-rays until I watch the DVDs and decide if I like it or not. So there's a, a relative uh, initiative there because 
if I if I do like the show and decide I wanted to get the the funny blues, I don't want to wait until those those Blu-rays are five million dollars. Yeah, uh, I mean I'll probably watch Hiromaru's Factor sometime. I'm less sure about uh, Texas Chain 28. Yeah, and that's probably just more of an availability issue. Like that's yeah. why I would be jumping at it. Yeah, uh, hopefully that does get picked, rescued someday. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Uh, well. Where can we find you all on the internet, Pax? Uh, well, on Twitter, I'm at Pat's Prime, uh, where you can follow me, where I tweet about you know, occasionally pro wrestling. If you're interested in comic books, I'm tweeting about uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World a lot lately, because um, I've been reading through that stuff. Uh, and then my podcast is The Cockpit at thecockpit.net, um, where I talk about robots and robot cartoons. But not Love Live. Not Love Live. You listen to that here. It's true. We have a lot of live episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's Haiku Podcast exclusive. Yeah, I don't want to be, we don't need to be in competition with each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, where can we find you? I am on Twitter, at Gokufi. You can also yell at me through the Taiku Podcast Twitter handle. Um, If you choose to to randomly follow me because I am a locked account, you will find that I have been watching a lot of movies released by Vinegar Syndrome because I'm trying to make a dent in my backlog. So, so for all the absolutely, the, I do. <laughs> well, Vinegar Syndrome, they have this really great, you know, Black Friday 50% off sale that I buy from every year. And so I was like, well, I just bought 15 discs from these people for really cheap. I should sit down and actually watch them. And let me tell you, it has been so rewarding. This is the good stuff, my friend. The good stuff that nobody has ever watched or knows about. Someone knows about it. it. Absolutely. No, like some of these movies, like I'm logging them in on Letterboxd and on Letterboxd. They're like, this has been seen by 38 people. I'm like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I even, I even had to add one in there myself. There wasn't even an entry. So I was like, well, let me add this movie into the database myself. I am number one. Click. It's the good stuff. Tons of fun. All right. You can find me on Twitter at ImpassionateK. The podcast is on Twitter at Taika Podcast, T-A-I-I-K-U. Uh, I do another podcast uh, every other week. I'm on a manga podcast called Manga In Your Ears. That is on Twitter at Manga In Your Ears. And both of those podcasts are on our website, taikupodcast.com. Thank you guys coming on talking about Super And thank you to the Reverse Thieves uh, for doing this every year. I'm sure it's a lot of work. Always. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's my first time doing it again in a years, so I was glad I did. It's fun. Yeah. And you don't seem to understand. Oh, that's what I wanted to pull up. The list of Love Live singles. I mean, if I remember all their names, I'm going to be doing pretty good. You're a disgrace, Pat. <laughs> well, tell me how you feel after the end of this. <laughs>
I love listening to you people type on your freaking computers. <laughs> it always sounds like you're just beating on things because it doesn't sound like keys. It just sounds like thumping, like you're playing the drums on your desk or something. 